Hey, welcome to another podcast with Neck Roots. I'm Kit James, Austin Davis, and we're bringing it to you live right now from the Neck Nation Power Station. Get plugged in. We're in it to win it today. We'll be talking about don't play the blame game. Hey, the blame game. The blame game the blame is lame. Game. So <clears throat> first thought comes to my mind when we talk about the blame game is that no matter how much we do it or how much everybody does it right, no problems have ever been solved while somebody was playing the blame game. And if you self-reflect, Neck Nation, I guarantee that no problem of your own has ever been solved while you were playing the blame game. And, you know, sometimes we we talk about bad luck. And sometimes we're, our bad luck is, is created by ourselves, right? We, yeah. we bring it on ourselves. And other times, it's just part of life, right? But... If we sit there and talk about this bad luck, right, these these parts of life, or sit there and blame these circumstances or this bad luck for for things going wrong in our lives, yeah. those things are going to continue to go wrong in your life until you figure out that you need to stop blaming it and start solving it, Yeah, right? You're absolutely right. You know what? If you focus on bad luck, you're going to grow bad luck. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. Absolutely. So... Talking about the blame game, everybody does it. Sure. Uh, including me. Yep, I'm in there with you. I think it's a muscle muscle memory or just a knee-jerk reaction, whatever you want to call it. But every human that's walked the earth has played the blame game, whether it's traffic, whether it's, I mean, extremes from one excuse to another. Yeah. Even a really, really good excuse, and, and this is how I raised the kids and, and, and dealt with employees in certain situations, just to set expectations, even a really good excuse still is a shortcoming it's a still it's still an excuse no matter what right right yep so we have to really be conscious and aware to be able to um empower people when they're doing the blame game yeah. um make them recognize recognize it and we have to do it to ourselves but i can't help to think austin every single one of us plays the blame game some people are professional about it <laughs> yeah right and yeah and and they are their middle names blame yeah right? absolutely and they're good even though you can see right through them Right, because you've seen the end of that movie, and you're like, "Yeah, I don't believe a word they're saying." Yeah, they're ringing the bell and they're blaming somebody yeah. else. But at the end of the day, um, we all do it. We all participate. So I can't think how many mistakes and misfortunes and shortcomings have we had in our lives, right? Thousands, and then think yep. of all the millions of people that have thousands of them in their lifetime as well. All of us. So here we all are, right, running around and and making mistakes and and having shortfalls and pains and failures and misfortunes, et cetera, whatever it is, yeah. showing up late to, to, to losing your job. I mean, whatever it is, we all have those problems. None of us are immune. Everybody has them. Right. Yeah. And so you think that we would kind of equal or, or, or level the playing field a little bit and be like, Hey, everybody has the problems, but we put game face on and then we put blame face on blame and face. we, right. And then we grab that blankie, our little, I mean, that blankie is just a secure little place to hide so we don't have to take accountability for our actions. And yeah. and when things don't work out our way, it's just kind of a knee-jerk reaction, I think, to say, where can I unload this, right? Yeah. Because I want I don't want it to hurt my, my, myself. You know, I'm self-conscious or insecure about this or that, or I know I screwed up and I don't want to raise my hand and say it. And so I just don't understand why we all have mistakes 
why would you just, why is it so hard for all of us to admit some of them, at least 10, yeah. 20% of them? Yeah. I mean, let's just take a bag full. No kidding. And I think, you know what, there's, there's some truth bombs to this yeah. kit that we, we have to admit to ourselves. The first one that came to my mind is um, those who continually place blame are also usually those who play the victim card. Yeah. Right? So truth bomb. Neck Nation, if yep. you're always blaming other things, maybe you need to self-reflect and see if you're playing the victim card. Yeah. Because victim, when you're playing the victim card, you're not motivated to solve anybody's problems, including your own, right? Yeah. Which is what we're talking about today. Um, and then the other truth bomb to this is we place blame so that we don't have to acknowledge our own weakness. You you said it's our yeah. blankie, right? It's our comfort zone. Yep. And, you know... It, it's a hard thing to admit when we're wrong or to admit our faults, right? It's, it's I'm not saying that it's easy, but man, don't, don't we owe it to ourselves, yeah. right? To tell ourselves the truth and acknowledge our weakness and then improve upon it. Right. Yeah. Instead of hide it. Yep. I mean, I, I raised the kids and that I set the expectations pretty high for any teenage kid. You got to get to the job at four thirty or five or whatever. In between 4 and 6 a.m., depending on the job and yeah. the location. I mean, it's tough for grown men, let alone uh, you teenage know, boys. Man. Yeah, teenage boys who do it on a rep, you know, repetitiously five days a week. So I used to always tell them, own your own shiz, right? If your shiz stinks, own it, dude. Raise your hand. Yeah. And, and take care of it. And then I used to always tell them, you know, eat the frog. And, and what I meant by that was early in the morning, whatever problem you're facing that day or whatever situation you're in, Get it out of the way first thing in the morning, man. Eat the frog. It don't taste good, right? Yeah. It's going to be a little slimy, but get it out of the way because then it opens up the rest of your day. And so I would always tell them this stuff, like, don't make an excuse. When you're chasing my truck, when I'm pulling away and you're late and you got your boots in one hand, your belt in the other, and your pants are falling down, you're chasing the truck, don't make an excuse your alarm didn't go off or this or that. Just own your shiz, right? Yeah. And so one day, it was the funniest thing. We're on the job and... And this is when they were 16 and could drive themselves. And they show up like 35 minutes late. And I'm like, what's up? And it was <laughs> not a big deal because we were just setting up. And, yeah. you know, everybody wasn't there yet. But still, they were late. And, and my son looks at me and goes, I had a seeing problem, Dad. <laughs> and I said, what the frick are you talking about, dude? You got pink eye or what? No, Dad couldn't see myself getting out of bed. Oh, no. So I had a seeing problem. You know what? Problem. It was funny. I had to laugh. Yeah. Right? But he owned his shiz. He just did it with a little humor. Yeah. So um, I was proud of him for that. But the truth is we empower ourselves when we do that. When we when we don't play the blame game or put it on, well, you know, I told my brother to hurry up and he wouldn't get out of bed or whatever because yep. we've all done it. But it's just our first – that's our knee-jerk reaction. It's just where we go. Yeah. You know? In fact, I have a couple examples. Can I share some yeah, examples here absolutely. that I thought of? And maybe these are more relatable uh, to, to some folks than they are to others. But let's say, and, and I, I, this has happened to, to all of us probably, but you're on your way to work, right? And whether, you know, maybe there's an accident or there's bad traffic or, you know, there's bad weather and we end up being late to work and we get there and whoever, you know, the boss, whatever, or just our coworkers, are like, hey, what's up? You're late to work, whatever. Or we're all late to work and we're all blaming, you know, the accident, the traffic, the weather. Well, the reality is 
it's your fault that you're late to work. Right. It's not the traffic. It's not the bad weather. It's not the accident. You know what you could have done to prepare for that? You could have got a weather app and looked at the weather the night before and determined, man, I need to go. I need to leave my house a little earlier so that I can get to work on time. Or if there's a bad accident, maybe you should wake up earlier and check to see if there's accidents on the way to work. So, you know, that you need to leave earlier, right? Or, right. or traffic or whatever it is. So there's a, there's a, a common situation where we place blame or make excuses for why we're late to work when it's really our own fault. And the other one that I thought of, Kit, is let's say you're on the job site, you've got inferior equipment, right? Yeah. And you got to get this job done. And at the end of the job, your work product just doesn't turn out very well. And the first thing that we go to do is blame the inferior equipment, right? When the reality is, before we did the job, right, we could have expressed to somebody or, or at least the person we're doing the job for, you know, that you're working with inferior equipment and set expectations, yeah. right? You could have set expectations. So instead of blaming the inferior equipment, it's, it's kind of your own fault for not yeah. clarifying up front and setting expectations, right? So there's, there's a couple situations that, you know, we normally are quick to place blame, but we need to take accountability for. Yeah, and even when it's completely out of your control, traffic, unforeseen, whatever, and you could have got up earlier and you could have got a nap or or the, the equipment was in fear, whatever it is, you're to blame if you're the responsible party. Oh, for sure. So um, no no matter, it's kind of the that, that situation, that, that seat you sit in, right, um, it, it carries a burden of responsibility that comes along with it and accountability. And even if it's your employees or whatever that completely screwed up it's still on you yeah no matter what depending on where you're sitting right yep i can't go back to the customer and go i know that turned out like crap but guess what wasn't my fault man yeah <laughs> right? you can't it is your fault <laughs> it is, it is your end, fault at the end of the day and it was it's it's hard to learn for any of us but it's so i can't even explain it the more like when someone's mad have you ever seen someone just ticked I mean, they're mad, and you should have this, and you should have that, and they're shooting all over themselves right in front yeah. of you. And your your brain's clicking through 15, you know, excuses of how to put it back on them. Yeah, right. right. Whatever, right? Yep. You're, you're in the heat of the moment. And what I learned at a young – well, not young, but in my 30s. Um, what I what I learned early on in life and in, in business is they got nothing, bro, when you own it. That's so true, man. They got nothing. They got nothing. Bro, when they want to fight and you're throwing they're throwing offense and you're throwing defense, bro, I'll sit there and swing toe to toe for hours with these guys. But but you know what I realized, dude? The secret sauce, the one crunch punch, the knockout of all knockouts is own it. Own it. Even if it's not yours to own. Yeah. Own it. Because I and I did it, right? I did it. I remember this guy and, and he's going bananas on me and he's like, What do you what do you got to say? I said, absolutely nothing. You're right, dude. It's on me. Yeah. And I go, but look, when I mess up, I fix up. So don't worry about it. And we'll, a conversation. We'll, and he sat there like he was still jittery. Like, yeah, he wanted to go. Yeah. He's still angry and he didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like I was just like, okay, game's over. Yeah. I'm taking you out of the, out of the game. Right. Yeah. So yep. it's crazy. You wouldn't think. You think that defending yourself or using that because we use that as a defense me mechanism. We do. We do. Yep. To, to defend our pride, to defend our self esteem, to defend our, I mean, defend everything that we're about. Right. We don't yep. want to be looked down upon for any way, you know, reason, shape, or form, or whatever. But at the end of the day, 
you're looked up to and respected if you own it. If you own it. And it just doesn't make sense in the in the moment. Yeah. But the truth is, watch, next next time someone's, you know, getting growler with you and getting western with you and getting all angry and it's on you, just say, You're right. Yeah. Man, I can't believe it. You're hundred percent right, but can you just tone it down a little bit? But, <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? But you're right. And yeah. as soon as you take that away from them, they got nothing, man. Right. They can't come back at you. Yeah. So. And I think in those situations, you end up gaining respect, right? Yeah. Nine times out of 10, the, the person on the other end of that that conversation or argument, whatever, is like, oh, wow. Yeah. Right? People don't normally do that or mm-hmm. people I interact with don't normally do that. And that's a big thing. So you yeah. gain respect. And you were talking about, you know, excuses or times or why why do we place blame or something like that. And there's, you know... Another truth bomb here. Kid. Drop them, dude. Drop them. Pull the pin out of the grenade. Let's I go. I think uh, sometimes we place blame in order to get one up on somebody, right? Yeah. Um, so that we don't, you know, this is part of playing the victim. This is this is the victim game. You right? mean like I'm right, you're wrong? I'm yeah, I'm right, you're wrong type deal. Yeah. Or or the you know my misfortune. Oh, this that's your misfortune. Let me tell you about my misfortune, yeah. right? Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why my life is going so terrible. Yeah. Right. And and one up somebody in those situations, which is just it's it's unfortunate, right? I know. Yeah. Because nothing is accomplished. Right. No action will ever be done as long as we're playing the victim card. Right. No, you're right. And when someone is, and they just need to vent. Truth is, they just need to. They need someone to listen. Yeah. That's the truth. And when you're going. Me too, me too, right? Yeah. And and you're playing who's is you know uh, deeper than the me twos, and you you're trading you know blow for blow or or low for low, whatever low you want. Low for low. It's it it just takes away, man. Sometimes yeah. you know eighty percent of the conversation is listening. Yep. Right. So. And then then at the end of the conversation, right at the end of the vent session, because it's okay to vent, it's sure. okay to talk about this stuff, but at the end of the vent session, take accountability. Stop yeah. placing blame and let's just go get stuff done. Yeah. Right. Let's not vent about it for, for months or weeks or years or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's a good outlet, a good exit um, segue that we use in the coaching world to, to kind of help identify, because the thing is, if you think back um, and, and someone listening right now is going, dude, I don't blame, I don't play that game. Yeah. I own my shiz. It's like, okay, just pay attention. Yeah. Because I, I, I try hard to do that as well. But guess what? Dude, no matter what, man. Yeah. So uh, there was a time when, um, you know, I was younger and I had fast cars and, man, I was getting pulled over all the time. So much so that I had to hire a driver. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I lost my license. Yeah. Right. right. I remember. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Right. That's bad, guys. Yeah. So here I am, old Kit James, riding in the back seat of my own car, right? <laughs> like the Lincoln lawyer. There it was bad, go. dude. It yeah. was. It was horrible because me, I like to drive, man. Yeah. I like accountability. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah, I lost my license and that sucked. So, but I remember every time I get pulled over, dude, I had the best excuses for him. Whether I, it was Highway Patrol or County Mountie, dude, I had the right one. <laughs> you know, I could read the animal coming up through the rearview mirror. I'm like, oh, watch this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, 100%. None of them worked. <laughs> right? Right. No, they never do. And so after I, you know, got my license back and I got pulled over again for speeding, dude comes up. He's like, you know how fast you're going? I'm like, way too fast. And he goes, yeah, you know how fast? I'm like, probably like 35 over. And he's like, and can you tell me why? I go, 
Oh, 100%. I cannot. I mean, uh, there's no good reason why. I mean, I was just skinny, skinny pedal down because I can, and that's stupid, and I know, and that's my bad. So write me a ticket. I'll sign hard, all three copies, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to pay it. Yeah. And it's all good, man. It's on me. Yep. And you're just doing your job. Thanks for doing your job. And, yeah, no problem. Sorry for being an idiot. Yeah. And, and they let me go. Uh-huh. Know? Imagine that. And it's like back in the day, dude, I tried it all when I was frustrated. This one officer comes up, and he's like, the speed limit here, son. And he was mad. He was leaning in the window. He was 55 miles per hour. And I said, okay. And he goes, what do you got to say about that? And I go, I wasn't planning on being here an hour. <laughs> obviously i'm speeding man yeah right you got a ticket right there (laughs) bro i got a ticket while i was sitting shotgun in his car he was angry bird so um the truth is even even when you get pulled over i noticed every time i own it i mean there's you know they they still should write you a ticket regardless but when i own it i'd own it every time until i just stop speed and that's how you really own it yeah right but but it was interesting that when I look back now and I see the reaction because it don't matter if it was a good excuse. I mean, it don't matter. Yeah. Wife's water broke, whatever, dude. Whatever they don't care. Is. No. So, but when you go, I know my bad. Seriously, I was just being stupid. Okay. Well, don't do that ever again. Yeah. Right. So um, you'll see it. If you just start paying attention, you'll see it. But in our, so we, so when we blame, sometimes I'm like I was saying, someone's sitting there going, I don't blame. Right. Or I don't make excuses or whatever. If you pay attention, you do. You do. Whether they're small or 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 large or whatever, or they're not that often, you still do. Yep. It's just a defense mechanism that us as humans have, and we use it. You know. Yep. We don't know why, but we do. We do. Right. And so at the end of the day, there's a in the coaching world, there's a there's a little uh, a little example, a little uh, study you can do um, to find out. What is it that's preventing you? I mean, what are you blaming this on? What are you blaming that on? Or what excuses or what what derails you in, in ultimately meeting your goals or your desired outcomes and your expectations? So you take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. And at the top left-hand corner, you put your goals. Write them down. Write them down. Top right-hand corner, write why I don't you know, reach my goals. Yeah. What are the reasons why I'm not achieving these goals? And write those down next to each goal. So if you achieve them, don't write nothing down, obviously. Yeah, right. Right. And you just keep track for 30 days. And if you, as you go through and write it down and, and keep track of what's derailing you here, what's the bottleneck here, you'll start to see the excuses and the blame and you're unloading oh, some yeah. of your um, insecurities on, on this guy's plate or this guy's plate. And the truth is we have to be the star of our own movie. And when we finally get to that place where we're, I mean, desperation or inspiration are both motivational things, right? Yeah. And, and, and desperation is good too. If we're in that place where we're like, dude, I'm sick and tired of being where I'm at. I want change and I want it to happen now. You can't expect someone to be the hero, man. Ain't nobody flying in with a cape. Nope. Ain't swooping you up. Nope. And taking you to the top. This is one of those things. It's just like everything else. It's priceless. It's precious. And it's hard work. And it's a fight. It is. Right? But it's worth it. Absolutely, it's worth it. So it's just one of those things that we have to know. Um, hey, it's not going to be easy, but uh, no one's coming to save me, right? Right. I got to be the star of my own movie, movie and write my own script, and I got to do this on my own. And you know, it's kind of fun when you do that because you take a lot of pride in it too. Yep. So um, as we talk about blame, there's a thing back, um, uh, 49ers were playing the Rams. It was way back when. It was okay. in the 90s. Okay. Okay. 
I don't know how old you were in the 90s, bro, but... I was young. You were young. I was young. But anyway, there's a leg- legend, uh, Joe Montana, right? Steve Young played back up behind him for a little bit, and in his last year, he was on top of his game. He was just lights out, every throw, every pass, every run. I mean, everything. He was good. But then he had another counterpart, Jerry Rice, who was also okay. equally as good. And right? I remember Jerry Rice. Okay, yeah. yeah, wide receiver. Yep. And so... During the playoffs one year, um, I'm watching that game, and Joe Montana, dude, he had a flawless game. To find a flaw in this guy's game would have been hard. Yeah. He was hitting Jerry right on the numbers. every, And Jerry used to catch stuff that was that was odd duck, man. Oh, dude, he's one of the if, greats. Yeah, if it was even in his range, he would get it. Yeah. Right? So here he is just tagging him right on the numbers. And timing was perfect. Every, I mean, the two-step. I mean, everything was perfect. And and Jerry was dropping balls like crazy. They end up losing the game, right? Oh, man. And you should have heard the reporters during the game. They're like, dude, Joe's got to be frustrated. Like, like, what's going on with Jerry? Yeah. He don't drop balls like that. Those are like kindergarten passes for him. And so, you know, they kept mentioning it and mentioning it. Well, we get to the post-game interview. I don't usually watch the post-game because I don't care. The game's over, right? Well, I wanted to watch the post game because I wanted to see what Joe had to say about Jerry and what was going on. Like, yeah. was some did someone have the flu bug or or What's for, the deal? forget what their role was or what? <laughs> so, um, they interviewed Joe Montana and, and right off the bat, here's the media getting all right, doing what they do, doing what they do, stirring the pot. Right? Yep. And they're like, Joe, what's going on, man? You had a flawless game, and they had all the stats. So they read through all the stats. You had this pass, this one, this one was dropped, this one was dropped, second quarter, this one was dropped. You know, and this is how many he dropped. Yeah. Like, what? what is going on, dude? Are you mad? Are you upset? And they want him to be upset. Oh, sure. And and he looked right at him. Never forget his response. And he says, dude, it's on me. And they're like, what do you mean it's on you? You you were dropping bombs right on his chest, and he couldn't catch them. And he goes, you don't understand. If Jerry's not catching the balls I'm throwing at him, it's my fault. And he goes, I'm the leader of this team, and it's on me. I take full responsibility for this loss. You can't put that on Jerry. He's a superstar. And they're like, you're a superstar. He goes, was I? Yeah. I obviously put too much heat on the ball, too much spin on the ball. My timing was a little off. Whatever it was, it's on me. I'm the leader of this team. And that's how he took the interview. And he goes, no more questions and walked away. And it's like, and I don't remember what Jerry said, but after that, I was like, in my mind, I'm like, that dude is a true leader. Absolutely. Because if anyone had a hall pass to do the blame game, it would have been him right then and there because everybody seen it wasn't on him. Right. But he took it. That's a that's the uh, a definition of a true leader. Absolutely. Right there. When Joe looks over his shoulder, dude, the whole team's following. Yeah. And, and to go along with this, right, so he was the quarterback. He's the leader yeah. of the team. We're the leader of our stories. Right. Kit. We are the star. We, yeah. In a sense, we are a leader, yep. right? And uh, we got to follow that example, right? Yeah. Oh, just, 100%. Just yeah. own it. Own yeah. our lives. Yeah. We're, we're responsible for them. You know, as soon as we take control, that's when um, everybody, on the, the outside influences lose control. Right? I love that, dude. And, and that's when we can really gain ground and start doing what, what we're made to do. What, yeah. We, that's when we start becoming. Yeah, right? absolutely. So um, I got a story. We good? Let's, we're good, dude. Story time. So... <clears throat> Uh, this is this is gonna date me as well, but there's a thing that used to be called payphones. 
Oh yeah. You, you probably I remember them. pay phones. Dude, <laughs> I've used a pay phone or two. Wow. Probably yeah. when they were a quarter, not a dime, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyways, there's this pay phone in this grocery store and this little kid, I mean, he's so little that he, he goes in, it was just inside the, the storefront. And so the owner of the store was there and, and he's, you know, down a clerk. And so he was working right close to the little pay phone and here comes this kid and he grabs this little milk box and, you know, pulls it over and puts it in the phone booth up there. Climbs up on top of it, puts his money in, starts dialing. And, I mean, this kid's young, yeah. right? And so the store owner was pretty interested, you know. Yeah, paying attention. He owns the market. He's an entrepreneur. He's just seeing what this little tyke's doing over there, moving his stuff around and dialing for dollars. What's he doing? Yeah. Right? And so he gets on the phone. He says, hi, ma'am. Um, I just wondered if I-, I could mow your lawn. He starts this sales pitch to this lady. Yeah. The lady says, no, I'm okay. I'm good. And he says, ma'am, I don't think you understand. You're, you're going to have, I'll do such a good job. You'll have the most beautiful driveway on Sunday morning when people are out for a Sunday walk or going to church or whatever. They're going to see your lawn and they're going to just be blown away because I'm going to clean up the approach. I'm going to clean up the driveway. I'm going to clean up five feet into the street. And I mean, he's listing all these things, right? Yeah. I mean, this dude's, he's, he's, he's closer. selling it. He's, yeah. a, he's a closer. This little tyke was getting after it. Yeah. And she's, the lady says again, and you know, on the pay phones, you can kind of hear if it's quiet, the other conversation. It's like having your cell phone on speaker. Yep. So this dude's really intrigued, you know, and interested. And he's watching this conversation. This dude just hustling this lady for the job. He's like, I'll I'll trim it every week, not every other week. I'll make sure this cleanup need. And she's like, no, I already have somebody, but thank you for your time. She's trying to be polite, right? Yeah. This kid just keeps pressing. He doubles down. He's like, okay, so you got someone doing it? She's like, yeah. He goes, I'll do it for half price. Whatever they're doing it for, I'll do all the things I just mentioned, and I'll do it for half the price of the dude that's doing it. Yeah. And she sits there for a minute. She goes, I'm happy with the person that's doing it, and that's that. So good luck to you, and and best of luck, and thank you. Okay, but the answer is no. Dang it. Not changing. Yeah. Kid hangs up the phone sits down on the milk crate and the store owner, he looks at him and he's just impressed. He's like, look at that little grinder, right? Yeah. Dude. Over there on the hustle. Good no for kidding. him. And yeah. so loved his attitude, loved everything about him, everything he represented. Store owner goes over. He says, Hey man, uh, heard you on the phone talking to that lady. You need a job. Look, I can have you in the back doing this, this, I'll give you a job because I love your attitude and your tenacity and, and you're hired. What, what you want to work out the terms and, he goes, I don't need a job. I'm good. And he goes, whoa, wait, wait, I'm confused, man. I just heard you on the phone hustling that lady for work. And you were doing everything except for throwing out tears saying you needed work. Yeah. I'm giving you work and I'm going to pay you for the work. Like, I don't think you understand what you were asking her for. I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. And the kid goes, no, sir. I don't think you understand. I don't need a job. I don't need work. What I was doing was a self-appraisal and making sure that I was doing good work because the person that cuts that lady's grass is me. Yeah. And I was just making sure that I was doing a good job. Yeah. And you can't, you can't, you can't help but just go, wow. Right. Talk about self-appraisal, self-awareness. Not only is he trying to do a good job when he's on the job and, and communicating with the lady, he goes behind her back and doubles down and, and, and calls and, you know, make sure that 
when she's talking to someone else, that's when you really find out, right? Yeah, how good you are. That kid not going to be blaming anybody, bro. If he no. loses the job, it's on him. Absolutely. Right? Because yep. of his attitude and the way he's being self-aware, taking self-appraise. He's taking inventory. Yep. Right? And he's getting after it. And so, you know, when you think about all this, um, the, the blame game, there's so many things that go into it. And, and a lot of them are emotional, right? Forgiveness is another one. It's the twin sister of blame. Sure. Right? And yep. it's, and, and anytime you take you figure out when you blame and why you blame and you fix it, you empower yourself. Forgiveness is the same way. You can get when when someone's hurt you and you got bitterness and pain and all these things, right? It don't matter. You know, there's always two or three people in, in involved in forgiveness. It doesn't the, the most important person is us. Yeah. No matter what the other person did to us, doesn't matter. It's us. Yeah. If we can unload our backpack and say, hey, there goes the bitterness. There goes the pain. There goes all the hurt, right? Yep. It doesn't mean you have to invite them over for barbecue and let them back into your life, depending on the situation. It just means you let it go. Yeah. And you know what happens when you let it go, dude? It's like dumping the dump truck, man. Oh, you're, yeah, weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Now you're ripping and running. You're light again, right? Yep. You're fifth gear. Yep. So blame and forgiveness, um, they, they, they're kind of related. And if we can take what we learn and what we identify from blame and unload it and yeah. get rid of it. I mean, and be self-aware like that little kid on the phone, double checking, taking some self inventory, right? Absolutely. I'm telling you what, uh, we'll win because of the destinations up to us. We're driving. And if we're riding shotgun, dude, we need to throw whoever's driving because it's our life. We're in charge. Yeah. Right. And, and if you're a dad or a father or a parent, you're also in charge of someone else's life and they're looking at you for an example. And so it's really, it's important, it right? Is. Because the little things you say, man, they pick up on it. Absolutely. Right? Oh uh, yeah. My kids, they, they pick up everything. They don't I miss say. nothing. Nope. So if there's one thing I can say about the blame game, it's this. If you said, Hey, kid James, I'm going to give you the opportunity to just kick the pants, kick the butt of this dude that's making all this grief for you and all these problems and all your misfortunes and all your, you know, missteps, whatever you can kick him in the butt as many times you want, bro. I wouldn't be able to stand up for weeks. Yeah. That's the truth. It's on us. It's on it's me. On us. Right. I can't put it on nobody else. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, that's the message for today. Neck nation, right? We've got to, we got to do a self-evaluation. We, th that's kind of a theme with, with these podcasts here and with, uh, with, you know, what we talk about is self-evaluation. That's a theme with growth. That's a theme with growth, right? But we aren't going to be able to progress. In fact, Neg Nation, one of the best ways to progress is to take accountability for our weakness and for our faults and then go out and fix them. So let's do that. Let's solve our problems. Let's take accountability. Let's be leaders of our own life. Um, let's kick our own butts if we need to. Right, Kit? <laughs> yeah. Um, but we'll leave you with that. Uh, be sure to like and share this video. More people that uh, like, the more you like it, then the more people get to see it, right? We, we've got to beat that uh, YouTube algorithm, whatever it is. Yep. We're also on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, look us up for some good uh, content. And then uh, if you like the, the gear we're wearing, uh, neck hats, neck shirts, uh, go to www.neckroots.com and, and check them out, right? But uh, we'll leave you with that, and bless up, Neck Nation. Thanks for being with us. Bless up. <laughs>